thank you for joining our podcast, Tow Truck Operators USA, a Tow Man's Podcast, where we constantly bring awareness of the slow down move over laws and supporting our brotherhood of the towing industry. Support our first responders and everybody on our side of the highway. We want everyone to get home to their families. Check out our podcast on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and iHeartRadio. We welcome you to the family. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share to everyone you know. We appreciate the support. Uh, welcome to Tow Truck Operators USA podcast. We got a uh, special guest here. We got John and we got Todd here. Uh, Todd, can you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Yeah, uh, my name is Todd Lee. I'm the Traffic Incident Management Coordinator for the Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission. So I manage the uh, contracts for the 22 towing companies across the 552 miles of the turnpike, along with 112 fire companies and 67 ambulances. I respond to a lot of the emergencies, the, the larger emergencies we have on the turnpike, uh, and also help to lead the statewide traffic incident management group, Penn Time. All right, John, uh, if you don't mind, uh, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah, hey, good morning, everybody. I'm, this is John Sullivan, um, Supervisor One with the Tennessee Department of Transportation Help Unit here in Nashville, Middle Tennessee area. Uh, been doing that, started that in 99, and... Uh, Worked up through the ranks, and also been a firefighter for the last 10 years. I'm a lieutenant firefighter now with the Pegram Fire Department in Cheatham County here in Middle Tennessee. Uh, in between that time, I did have some uh, – I probably had over over 10 years light, medium, and heavy-duty towing and recovery uh, experience. Uh, went on a different career path after I started with TDOT. Started out in highway marking when I was 19, then got into towing and recovery, and then joined with the uh, – Instant management program when it started in '99. That's wonderful, man. So, um, as we uh, start the show, I just wanted to go over bases. Um, unfortunately, we have lost too many tow operators, and you know, 2020, uh, we recently had a gentleman that's passed away due to health concerns. Um, you know, we'll keep on praying for him. Uh, effectively, we've lost a total of 17 tow operators here in the United States. It's three this all, month. Yeah, three this month. And it's all due with, uh, you know, lack of awareness. When you're on the highway, it's really important to pay attention to what's on the side of the highway. When you see any type of emergency lights at all, please slow down and safely move over. If you can't move over, please slow down at least to a minimum of 55 miles an hour. If you can bring it down to safely to 30 miles an hour, please do so. Um, be aware of your surroundings. It doesn't take much uh, for a responder to accidentally fall, trip, fall in the lane of the traffic or anything at all. We don't know what's going on. Hundred uh, percent of the time, uh, what can you know happen? So when you're dealing with emergency situation on the side of the highway, please be mindful. Uh, there is workers there trying to assess the situation, trying to um, handle it in a safely manner, and they want to go home to their families. You know, so if you're paying attention to everything's going on in that incident, you will be able to help save a life because when you're not. Unfortunately, we lose a tow operator, we can lose a firefighter, and PD, and possibly MS as well, all due to negligence. Please, always slow down, move over, and give us a lane. Yeah, I agree with you there. You know, just public education to your friends, family, just tell them to be prepared for anything on, on any roadway. Uh, there's always something out there uh, unexpected waiting on you to run up on. Yeah, when you think about it, there's two emergency responders that are struck every day. So not, not necessarily struck and killed, but struck. So even right. if you're still alive, or even if it's your business, you know, you have one tow truck, you have two tow trucks, and now that truck is struck and you're out of service for how long until you get a, a replacement or, or, or make a repair. You know, so that's what we're trying to teach. And, you know, we need you to be the vocal voice out there telling people, you know, about the move over law. Uh, you know, so in all 50 states, uh, no matter where you're listening from, you know, it, it's important to, 
make sure you keep telling people and not other responders, you know, tell, you know, tell the public, tell your, tell your friends, you know, uh, you know, be that, you know, it, it may sound like you're being a pain, you know, it, you're not, you know, you're, you may keep somebody alive if you, if you just share that message and you don't have to change a million people's minds. All you have to do is change one at a time. So just get out there, change that message and, you know, keep moving forward with it. Definitely. Um, you know, what it just, it, it drives me crazy is, um, we have uh, issues in the, in our industry. We have laws set in place. We had different penalties and stuff set in place in our industry. And that's including uh, tow operators, firefighters, PD, EMS, anybody inside the highway. We had it set for the that move a law. But unfortunately, I've noticed that if we're going to have a law, we need it enforced. Uh, I've noticed the law being enforced is not the numbers I want to see. Uh, you know, it's it's nearly to none. Every once in a while, you'll see a slowdown over uh, citation happen, but it's not as common. I, I hear from a lot of people that it's not being enforced, and, you know, it, it's becoming a problem. If we have the laws there, they're there for a reason. It helps save our lives, but they're not being enforced. They're not doing nothing for us, you know? So so the one thing that, that you could do and the people that are listening could do is, you know, each state, you know, there, there's a right to know request. You know, you could send a right to know request to your uh, yes. local courts and, and request to know how many citations have been issued in your state and how many uh, guilty pleas or guilty dispositions there have been. So, uh, you know, I did that in Pennsylvania. I asked the courts for 2018, 2019, and up to July 31st of 2020, you know, and I was surprised by the results because again, you know, a lot of times we think, well, this is never being enforced because when we're out on the side of the roadway, if somebody doesn't pull that person over that just came by and buzzed right. us right away, it's nobody ever is enforcing this. You know, there was, uh, in Pennsylvania, there's 10,485 citations written in 2018, 2019, 2020. Now I'm sure there could be, you know, probably 10 times, 20 times, 30 times that number of citations written in, in Pennsylvania, you know, for the violations that occur. But I'm happy that at least 10,485 citations have been written and that 86% of those citations have resulted in a guilty disposition. So meaning, you know, somebody pled guilty, somebody was found guilty, uh, so 86%. Yes. Do we still have responders getting hit? Yes. We had two responders in Pennsylvania get hit this year. Uh, you know, we had paramedic supervisor, Matt Smelzer getting hit on interstate 70 on July 5th. And we've had Tyler Laudenslager, a tow operator, and volunteer firefighter get hit on, uh, July 21st on interstate 78. So we need to make sure that we are getting that message out there. So, yeah. And we need to keep making sure that we're working with law enforcement to try to get that, those, those numbers enforced, you know, uh, you know, you know, one of the things we want to try to do is make up a fact sheet and get it out to all the local police and state police, especially with some new laws that we're working on in Pennsylvania and say, this is what the law is. Can you help us by going out there and force it? You know, law right. enforcement is struck about as much as towers are, you know, so that's exactly. why we got to make sure we get that message out there. And, and, and we could browbeat the enforcement angle. I've, I've done it. I've got my head against the wall on the enforcement angle. But um, in this this day and age with the, the number of cutbacks and, and uh, uh, budget cuts and things like that, I don't think you're going to get as much enforcement as you'd probably like to see. And a lot of it, like, like Todd's saying, is it's not going to be seen. You may see a campaign here and there. Um, yeah. But, you know, we, we've all got to do our part again. The education probably is one of the, the most critical uh, components of this uh, beyond the enforcement. The enforcement, like I said, you're not going to see it. Uh, it. It's not something that's going to be readily visible to you. Uh, like Todd said, a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't have guessed. If you took a poll, I guarantee you that, you know, 60 or 70 percent of Pennsylvania residents wouldn't, couldn't give you the number that, that were cited. But wouldn't you be yeah, I, I was shocked number? by it, you know, actually, you know, whenever, whenever I looked at it and, and I, I live the move over law in traffic incident management every day, you mm -hmm. know, very, mm -hmm. very active. And whenever I saw it, I was like, wow, that's better than I thought. And again, 
they could still write, you know, hundreds and, and thousands yes. more. Uh, but, you know, you know you ask yourself too, you know, how much, you, you know, when we, when we do this, uh, how much media attention, you know, are we going to the news? Are we going to the media and get that word out? And, and I share our, our move over stats with our state police and, and with our uh, police chiefs association and our FOP all the time now. So that that way it's in, in their face every, you know, every day, every week, every time it changes, I send the information out to our group of people because I want them to see that they're getting hit. And I, and I emphasize with them that, you know, 15 police officers have been struck and killed this year. Five of them, by deploying right. or picking up stop sticks, you know, right. so on, on pursuits. So is, is, do I need to worry about, uh, you know, do we need to train our police officers that if they're deploying that to make sure they're deploying them in a place where it's safer, you know, yeah, again, you know, they, they see what's going on. The function that they're being struck by is, is doing what we're just talking about enforcement, you know, uh, whether you think yes. it was, you know, an enforcement from removal law, I guarantee if they're putting out spike strips, that person wasn't moving over for anybody. And uh, well, I, I actually you know, listened to three pursuits just here in Nashville yesterday. Yeah, look, look at the comments when, when when there's something on social media about a struck by. And, mm-hmm. and if a police officer gets hit in a struck by incident or something like that, how many people are being negative and saying, well, they shouldn't yeah. have been out there enforcing the speeding tickets anyway? Well, you, you can't yeah. have it both ways, you know. They have no, to okay. go out there and do their job, and and in the same same way is you know you, you see that for towers, and I'm sure the towers there's towers out here that get criticized, or towers probably listening to us here yeah. that that criticize because you know you, you should have relocated that vehicle before you did that, or you should have had them drive down um, the road, and, and again again these things happen in the split second, and the things that happen here because people aren't looking at the windshield in order to see that you're out there because they're looking at their device on their phone, they're changing the radio station, they're eating their Big Mac, they're doing whatever they're doing other than actually driving. Um, so, you know, that's what we got to try. You know, the move over message is something we have to enforce, but we also have to enforce the, the D drivers and, and get rid of the D drivers. And, and if you've taken a Tim course, you know, D drivers, drunk, drug, drowsy, distracted, just plain dumb, you know, um, you know, we, there's more just plain dumb drivers out there than anything, you know? Yeah. So. It, it happens too often, you know, people being distracted constantly, you know, they're not paying attention to their high, to the highway, to, you know, the roadway period. Uh, a lot of people, they're talking on the phone, texting while driving, uh, you know, even uh, a tow operator, when my admins mentioned, even the people that's on Bluetooth, you know, when you're even talking on your phone, yeah, you can be on Bluetooth, but you're actually that's a distraction because even if you may be Bluetooth, your mind's elsewhere. You know, it it's, it's a cognitive. Uh, that's when you run into the cognitive impairment. Uh, there's actually been studies done on that where uh, even using a hands-free device, uh, you're still not able to maintain as much. Uh, as as uh, they've done studies on it, up to somebody with a blood alcohol content of 0.8 percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, and, yeah. and and you know we need to practice what we preach too. And yeah, there's a lot yeah, of exactly. responders on the call here too. Yeah. And and that's yep. one of the things that we need to work on because I, I'm guilty of it. Unless I put my phone in my laptop bag or, or put it away, you know, when it beeps and my phone beeps all the time, I'm glancing down at it to see what's going on. And, and uh, you know, I always and I agree. I'm guilty as well. You know, I, yeah. I teach a distraction We're all guilty over, over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I teach a distraction I, you know, overload class here in Tennessee that the Department of Safety uh, put out a couple of years ago. It was started from CHP because uh, law enforcement uh, has the highest numbers of distracted driving crashes as 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 a uh, discipline. Uh, EMS yeah, they have the lowest. Yep. Right. So they have the MDCs, and so yeah, it's, we're all faced with it. And I, I, we did a pledge, and I've got mine. You know where it won't notify me if I'm getting a phone call and things like that. Um, and driving. Dispatch, it, it, see, here's the only thing, you know, uh, from the towing side, we have dispatchers that will call us. We got, uh, for instance, even AAA, uh, on their uh, tablets they give out, uh, it sets off a notification. It will be the loudest day. Uh, it's meant to be that way. And you have to accept that call. If you do not accept it, you lose that call. 
uh, if you lose that call, not accepting your calls, you can get in trouble, which it involves, you know, the dispatch should send it a bigger way out where we don't have to press the set button, but it shows on a log and gives us a certain amount of time for us to pull over safely and to confirm the call. That'd be a more safer approach than us spreading the press accept. If we don't accept it, we lose the call, then we're in trouble and can get written up. Uh, that's how AAA runs their stuff on a tablet, um, and they do that a lot. Not only that, it happens with all, all the other uh, companies as well. You know, is guilty of it. You know, with dispatch having to call the driver, where you at, where you located, how much longer until you get to the customer, what's going on, did you get this call, et cetera, et cetera. It's constantly going on. Um, I think if they can figure it where it gives a notification and gives you a certain, you know, five five minutes, at least five minutes, you know, for us to pull over and check our notification, you know, and to be able to accept the call, acknowledge the call, I think would be a great way to go about it. Other than, you know, constantly the driver getting his phone blowing up while he's trying to operate his truck, trying to get there to the scene. You know, it, it, it happens every minute of the day. I mean, if you imagine how many tow operators here in the U.S. that are getting notifications and their phone's going off or their tablet's going off and receiving this type of communication. And then, if they, like I said, they don't accept it and acknowledge it, you know, they can get in trouble. They get repercussions yeah. because of well, it. Well, it, it's, you know, it, if you're a business owner from a towing company, you're not making money unless you're hustling. And, and right. you know, and towers are you know. So I took this position at, at the Turnpike as traffic and management coordinator five years ago, and I've worked w- with towers and I've, I've been an emergency responder since 1982. Uh, and you know, towers are some of the hardest working people that I've uh, I've ever seen, and they do a, a fantastic job, and they're very, very, very unappreciated. And, and you know, having them out there and having them as a partner, not you know, they're not you know. Yes, you know, I we contract with our towers on the turnpike, but they're our partners, and you can't you're not clearing something up unless you do that. But all the successful towing companies that we deal with on the turnpike all have owners and employees that hustle and, and work their butts off to try to make sure that everybody is is doing the right thing, getting the roadway cleared up. And we're putting a lot of pressure on them, so you know, they, yes, you know, there's distractions and there's distractions in police, there's distractions in the ambulance, there's distractions, you know, and, and that's what we have to try to work to eliminate that and, and try to do things that are, are, are smarter and, and better. And I 100% agree that all of us are facing those distractions. You know, we, you know, we, we have to figure out a way to cut down those distractions, both when we do our job, but then when, when we're, you, you know, and, and we could say that as a responder, we're working 24 seven anyway. So, you know, our yeah. pagers are going off our, but, you know, you know, we still have to set that example for people that are with us. And I, I do a very poor job at setting that example sometime because again, even if, even when we talked about hands free, you know, my wife likes to tell me her dreams in real time and I don't see that she's on here now. So I'm going to make sure I say this quick before she, you know, in case she would get on here, you know, she likes to tell me her dreams in real time. So if her dream lasted three years, she takes three years to tell me and my attention spans five seconds. You know, I'm zoned out whenever she's telling me I'm, I'm like, Oh, look at the pretty butterfly flying past my car and everything else like that. <laughs> and not necessarily paying, you know, giving her my full undivided attention because my attention span, you know, my mind's going a, a, a thousand miles a minute. Uh, all the time thinking about other things and not that she, what she's telling me is important, but most of the time she's telling me her dreams about murder her husband that that's not paying attention to her. And I, I don't want to hear that, you know? So, uh, you know, so, you know, we, we have to make sure that we give people our undivided attention. If a lot of times if I'm in my car now, I try to pull over to the side of the roadway and take that phone car off the roadway to make that phone call. I, I think as a public, we, we, fail to get that message out there of how dangerous it is along the side of the roadway. Uh, I guarantee you, everybody that's on this, on this podcast today, when you're driving down the roadway, you're going to see somebody that's standing alongside of the roadway, just standing there either, you know, sometimes out smoking a cigarette, sometimes doing something where they're, or even, you know, on a local street where they're talking to somebody and they're standing on the driver's side of the road instead of on the, on the curb, you know, because they think nothing's going to happen to them. They're going to, that people are going to see them and they're not going to uh, run into them. So we got to change that message to everybody that's out there. Yeah, it's important. You know, when, you know, I tell everybody, even when, you know, if 
I take my truck and I'm gonna go about to pick somebody up, load up their vehicle. Their instinct is to get out, try to watch what we're doing with their vehicle and stuff like that. No, you know, the first practice is is get that person away from their vehicle, get them inside of my truck, and have them fasten their seatbelt and stay in the truck while I load the vehicle. That way, they're safely out of the area. Because yes, we're gonna take the risk. That's our job, but we don't want to jeopardize anybody else. Or you know, if something was to happen, to add to the incident either. You know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's absolutely. important to get, you know, keep everybody away. You know, if you're going to be outside of your vehicle, uh, get yourself a far advantage point. You know, get away from your vehicle. Stay far away. Stay, you know, stay attentive. You know, be aware of your surroundings. Watching the oncoming traffic. See where which way it come. Uh you know, in back of your head, just in case, and you know, you don't want to think about it, but just in case if somebody is listening to uh, lean over to the traffic and hit your vehicle, think about the direction of that vehicle was to come. You know, and see if you'd be out of that zone. I mean, it's not guaranteed, but taking those extra precautionary steps can save your life. Um, it, it's no game, you know, on the highway. A lot of people don't realize. That these vehicles are just as deadly as a bullet in the chamber of the gun when you pull that trigger. And when it's yep. pulled, that's it. There's no coming back from it. You just pray to God that you survive. That's what it comes to, you know. Uh, I yeah, think that, gotta... you know, we got to, you know, take the ex- extra precautionary steps to, you know, save our lives and save other lives and be careful on the highway. It's no game. Yeah. So we had a tow operator in Pennsylvania get hit yesterday. Luckily, it was a female tow operator. She wasn't injured because she saw what was coming. She was she had good situational awareness and was able to get away. You know, we yes. had another one on Saturday night that, that I'm aware of. One of one of my towers on the turnpike. You know, he sent me a a, a picture of his truck. So, you know, you know we, we you know we needed you know we need to do better. You know, again, uh, if you're a responder, I don't care if you're a tow operator, fire police, firefighter, EMT. You know. Take a highway safety course. Take a traffic incident management course. Go to yes. respondersafety.com and take a course. Yes, taking a course doesn't make you invincible, but it it, it, it help you, you know, it, it, maybe it helps you avoid that complacency that you, you we sometimes get because we're working out there on the roadway all the time. You know, you know, we hear it from people, I don't need to take that course because, uh, you know, I'm out there every day. I don't have time to take that course. Well, you know, if, if, if that course gives you, a, a little bit of extra knowledge that could help you keep you keep you alive. You know, you want to take that chance, you know? Uh, so, you know, I, I'm a big proponent. I know John's a big, because John and I work together, you know, uh, on some, some on the national level on many things, you know, some, some of the other people that are listening work together with us and, and you got to build those relationships and, and build those partnerships. And, and, and I know towers are left by themselves many, many times along the side of the roadway, but build those yes. partnerships with your police and build your partnership with the fire and, and, you know, attend traffic incident management training. And if you don't have traffic incident management training or a traffic incident management group in your area, try to build those up, you know, in, you know, if you're doing training with your tow truck, if you're building, doing any kind of training, invite the local police down there. You know, one of the things, you know, me, you know, I, I've taken rec master training. I'm never going to tell anything in yes, my I life, do. most likely. But you know, it was so cool for me as as a as a uh, responder to be able to work a tow truck and work a rotator and do all those kind of things and, and learn from some of the best in the business, uh, because you know that way I have some knowledge and, and you're you're teaching and you're not teaching them to be a tow operator, but they're te- you're teaching them about what you do as your job. Same for firefighters. If there's firefighters or, or police officers there, invite the towers to, to become involved in what you do and show them at the fire department, you know, this is our rescue tool. This is how we use it. These are our air cushions. These are how we use them. Uh, this is how I we agree. use our prepping. You know, cross-training and, 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 you know, it's not even necessarily cross-training because, you know, but, but how many times do we as, as firefighters don't rely on our tow operators who's the experts on vehicle stabilization and that kind of stuff to, to participate to help us uh, these crashes and especially in, in 2020 when there's less traffic on the road, but speeds are up higher. I know this year uh, on our system and probably John, you probably see it down there where you're at. The, the crashes are more horrific and, and, and just because of the higher speeds of people, you know, crashing, you know? Well, yeah, the, the, when we were just on that webinar last week and they were uh, pointing out that the, uh, even the traffic volumes have dropped so dramatically during COVID 
we were down to 40% of normal capacity, but the, the fatality rate has gone up nationwide. Now, you know, most of them single vehicle crashes. That's kind of odd. They, they can't even explain what's going on there. Yeah, and the one one thing I, I think all of us probably that are listening to this agree that COVID has not made people smarter. You know, no. uh, they're they're well, not driving better. They're not. They're certainly not smarter. Uh, yeah, staying at home and having you know plenty of time to, to read books or, or get educated has not made anybody smarter. So you know, well, I'd be are, interested to see is is with this whole COVID. You know, uh, there's been several businesses that have been shuttered and things like that. that those other businesses are, have gone like normal. I, I, would, I would go out on a limb and say that towing recovery has not seen a dent at all since COVID as far as the number of calls that well, they've been receiving. Uh, I, I'm, am I wrong on that? I don't know. What, what do y'all take? Some uh, well, what's uh, what I noticed at the beginning, yes. It th- you got to think from this perspective. The more vehicles mm-hmm. you see on the highway that's on the roadway, the more business, busy we're going to be. Right. The less vehicles you see on the highway – Unless vehicle that's you know that's not there, we're not going to be as busy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's here in the DFW Metroplex, and for those of you who don't know for sure about uh, DFW, DFW is for Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. Big deal. So here, you know, it you know if it, if we don't got no cars moving, nobody's not going nowhere. We're not going to be busy. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it falls in that. But now everybody's on the highway. At first, when COVID happened. There was nobody on the highway. Mm-hmm. It was it, it was scary too because those that was on the highway, oh man, I'm telling you, they were doing a hundred plus, not caring at all. It's like they just got thousand times worse on driving, and they did. We felt um, the same way. We were all under the gun. Even the the towing recovery, we we were noticing immediately that uh, the advance warning. You know, normally we were, we would have a crash and it would back up a mile, two miles, three miles. There was yeah. no backup. You know, we were having to do, uh, you know, totally different setups on things, and and uh, it, it it was really feeling it's still a little bit to that degree. But then it went. You know, I noticed too is I don't know about y'all, but when us two operators, if we had no traffic, it's more scary. Oh yeah, I and agree. the reason of is when you have no traffic, the one that does come flying by. It's probably not paying attention worth a damn at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're, 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 there's no traffic. They're not worried about anything. There's nothing slowing down. You know, a lot of people don't realize traffic actually helps us. So it, it actually slows down all the vehicles that's coming and approaching. And more traffic that's slowing down, is, you know, especially as a, as a firefighter, you know, when y'all start slowing the traffic down, and if they now everybody has reduced their speeds. Yeah, I've, I've said for years. I've said for years if, if they're not seeing the brake lights in front of them, that's kind of what they're gauging them, their own driving patterns off of. They're not. They're less likely to alter their driving path or or to change lanes or to slow down. Mostly, what they're looking for is those those brake lights, and if they're not seeing them ahead, they're not going to be on their brakes. Yeah. But, but that's you what know, we do. That's what we're trained to do from day one when you start driving. You you know especially in a highway condition. Yeah. And again we gotta make sure that the uh we as responders have to set that example too. You know, we have to you know right. yes, there's nobody out there and yeah. I, I drive a lot of miles and and probably most of us listening probably drive a lot of miles, but you know, um you know, I, I, I'll admit, you know, I, I drive 80 miles per hour sometimes. I try not to go over 80, but, uh, you know, that's in the 25 mile per hour zone, though. But I mean, uh, I'm joking about that. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, you know, we do it because we want to get somewhere as well. But, you know, uh, you know, but, you know, set that example, you know, make sure that we're moving over when we're supposed to move over and, and not for right. somebody. Pretty much every time that we somebody posts a video about a, uh, you know, alongside the roadway where they're working or showing some dash cam footage, you know, uh, you know, the one day I was out blocking and three uh, uh, student driver vehicles came by and, and didn't move over. And it's like, you, you know, you're training these young people how to drive and, and you're not even, you know, and I reached out to the company and said, look, that's not acceptable. And, and you don't have to be a jerk by. about it. Uh, right. but, but, but again, you know, you know, as a, as a tower, you know, as firefighters, as, as police officers, whatever, you know, we have to set the example because if other people, uh, yes. you, you know, it, it, 
you know, it makes that rap bad for everybody else. You know, well, that cop didn't move over from you or that fire truck or that other tow operator didn't move over from you there. You know, the only time that we're truly joined together, that we are one united front is when a responder gets hit. And then for that week or those couple of days, we're all a big team. And then right. as, as you progress, then it all of a sudden, down. you know, we're back to, we're back to, well, those people were idiots and that, and, and we have to change that. You know, we have to be that team all the time, yes. uh, you know, and, and set that example and, and, you know, try to eliminate this. I, you know, I've been to too many responder funerals. We've all been to too many responder funerals, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it even disheartens me whenever I see a responder, like a tow operator get hit. You know, and we have these processions of all these tow trucks, but, you know, we should be, it, it should be a procession with all kinds of emergency vehicles. And, and for, for Tyler and for in Pennsylvania, you know, we had a lot of different emergency vehicles there, but, you know, that should be the same no matter where you're at in the country. You know, a tower is part of the team, you know, they are, you know, whether you want to call them a first responder, emergency responder or whatever, we're not getting off the highway or, or clearing our incidents until that tow truck comes and moves them away. So they need to be part of our team. Uh, you know, whether, whether that tower, you know, and I joke around, whether that tower is making a million dollars a year towing people, you know, they're not, you know, and, and that's what, no. you know, we got to change that public Wish. perception too, that nobody, you know, everybody, well, that towing bill is so high. Well, you know, that's the perception, but they still have to pay their insurance, their gas, their, their people, their, you know, all their equipment. So, you know, it's, it's not high. Stop and making those tow It's hard right now in the towing industry. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. It's really and hard. They're making that. that sacrifice. They're making that sacrifice with their own investment, their their physical bodies and health as well, and the and their employees. They're taking a lot of liability. Family time. Most people. Yeah. How many holidays see. have you missed? How many special events have you missed? How many? Oh, trouble! You know, trouble doesn't wear a watch. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You know, um, I mean, one thing that you brought up, Todd. I mean, interrupt, but um, you know, well, I try to. You know, get people to realize it's not that we don't make a, a tow operators. Average tow operator does not make a whole lot of money. Average tow operator does not have all your wonderful pension benefits. You know, the health, the four hundred one k matching platform, none of that. You know, a lot of us out there. You know, we do this because we love what we do, which is helping people. At the end of the day, we just love helping people. Uh, you know, the bill, they don't realize. Can you imagine if your auto insurance was around 1500 to, you know, 1900 a month just from one vehicle? Right. You know, I've seen some people pay upwards of $2,700 a month for a wheel lift. You know, you go into the bigger companies, they're paying nine grand a month. I've seen them pay yeah. nine, $10,000 a month here for a fleet. Yeah. So you got yeah. that to think about. How do you about. make that money? Yeah, so you got that to think about. Then they also got to pay fees. Like here in the state of Texas, we have things called such as TDLR. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got we got to pay. The driver has to pay uh, for that license per year if you have a consent license. If you have instant management, it's every two years. Mm-hmm. Um, then on top of that, the company has to pay TDRL for each one of the trucks. Uh, they got to pay for the TRL license for the truck itself. Okay, so then then that's just those minor things. Then you got to think about, okay, do they have a yard? So they got then they, now they got to pay, uh, you know, a fee for them to you know be able to have a yard to park the vehicles at when they do towways or if they do accident scenes when they had to store the vehicles from an accident. So they got to pay for that too, and you know. I mean, it builds up. So, you know, for those of you out there that are giving tow truck companies a hard time when you're doing a five, ten mile tow and you only have to pay a hundred, a hundred and two to hundred and fifty dollars for that, you know, five, ten mile tow, just realize, you know, it's a lot more to do with what that money comes from, and you know, drivers only get a fraction of it. Um, mm-hmm. The company. They, they still got to operate, and it cost them a lot of money to operate. You know, and they got a lot of fees they got to pay for. They got a lot of expenses, you know, maintenance on the trucks. There's, there's a lot to do with it, you know. So please don't think that, you know, tow operators is all about just trying to get you. No, they got to, 
you know, incorporate all their expenses and try to make a, a profit so they stay in business so that way we can help you when you're on the side of the highway and you need a tow that we able to be there, you know. It's un- unfortunately right now in the towing industry we got a lot of these uh overnight companies popping up doing, you know, seventy five dollar tow, sixty five dollar tow, which is devastating the whole entire industry. You know, yeah, it's profiteering. Yeah. yeah. And they're not even legal. And it's been that way from day one. It's been going on for decades. Yeah, and, and and that's part of the problem too. I think that uh, the the good towers get a bad rap from from the bad towers because uh, again, because you know you're following the rules, you're trying to do the right thing, and you're trying to do a good service, but you have yeah. those other people that are cutting that business. So I, if you had, I had uh, just taken a, a quick phone call because it's the senator's office. We're we're pushing through Senate Bill twelve eighty one in Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah. to try to change the move over law and that will be on the calendar today. So he just wanted to let me know that that is uh, that will be on the calendar today to be voted. And we expect a That's awesome. unanim- unanimous vote in the Senate. Uh, if it passes the Senate today, it will move to the house hopefully next week. And uh, That's wonderful. You know, we're still pushing that through. So it, that will it, double the fines in Pennsylvania. Don't uh, give up on that either. It can happen. It happened here in Texas. We partitioned the bill and everything here in Texas. It's the reason why we have a $2,000 fine. For anybody yep. does not slow down, move over. We had to fight yeah, we, for that. Y'all can get it happen. Y'all can make it oh, happen. Oh, yeah. We, we definitely we have a great, great, great team uh, that we're working with, and, and it, it's going to happen because uh, we are keeping our foot on, on the gas, so to speak, uh, you know, yeah. safely and, and making sure we get our message out there to everybody. So that's that's a, a, a great thing that, that's going on. And I, we definitely appreciate all the people that are, are working for that. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's great that, you know, we're out here able to get the message out here. Um, you know, the main attention to do this is we're just pleading for, to the public, you know, to realize, you know, our lives matter. We're on the side of the highway. We're trying to live. We're trying to get to our families. We're trying to be there with our families at the end of the day. We sacrifice a lot of time. You know, all first responders, including tow operators, are sacrificing time with their family. We don't get the nine-to-five job hours. We, we don't get those luxury benefits, you know. But, yeah, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, you choose these industries. Yeah, we do because we love to help anybody that needs help. It's in our blood. It's it's who we are, you know. And I agree. So, I, I, I would say to all the tone and recovery operators out there listening, record operators, uh, take pride in what you do and, and uh, you know, talk to talk and walk to walk. You know, you, you work in a specialized industry, whether you're just loading up a, a disabled vehicle, going to a dealership, or whether you're you're getting somebody out of a of a ditch or a position where you're able to recover their vehicle without damaging, you know things like that. Whatever you're doing, it's a specialized industry that you work in. You know, treat it as such and try to be as professional as you can. Uh, you, you know, that's 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 what's going to set you apart from those, uh, like you're saying, the profiteers and and the ones that aren't doing it. You, you're going to set yourself so far apart from them. And it's easy for others to recognize that. Oh, yeah. You know, take pride. Take care of your equipment, too. I I can't preach that enough. Take care of your equipment. Equipment is going to save your life. I see this a lot of people. Here's a, you've probably, you've been a topic, you know this. Here's number one. Some people don't want to mess with their, uh, with their, uh, their winch line and actually take care of it, make sure it's fueled up correctly. And yeah. they don't want to use their snatch block when they need to use it. So you'll see these people going around. They use their J hook, and yeah. as a, as a snatch block, which was it do? It tears the hell out of your winch cable. There's, I see so much of that stuff on a daily basis, and I'm not going to speak to any particular ones. But know your equipment, know what it's used for, what it's what the capabilities are of it. All that is part of taking that pride of ownership in what you're doing. Like I said, you're working in a specialized industry. You should work nonstop to educate yourself. Yeah. And, and when I say that, I'm, I'm meaning towards when you look at the fire and police and the other agencies, like what I'm doing with highway incident management, and if for towing to be a partner of that, they've got to kind of 
pull up their bootstraps and jump on the gun and get into their own education. Because when you work in fire PD or, or uh, like I said, incident management, it's a never ending education. And I think the, the, a lot of the record operators and record services nationwide could take a better look at, at reeducating and, and renewing their education on a regular basis and staying up to date, staying focused, uh, on what their own capabilities are and how to how to safely go about doing what they're doing, uh, because it's a never ending process. If you're a firefighter, you're going to be renewing and training constantly. It's it never ends. It's not like you get a certification and then you know you're good to go for life. It, it just doesn't work that way. No. So same way it should be with the the record service. Just because you you feel comfortable with your things, you don't don't get complacent. Just constantly keep trying to educate yourself and update yourself and others. If you if you've got one guy that's uh, really familiar with the equipment and been doing it for years and operating safely, let him teach some others. Show show him some tricks. I have, you know, I, I don't like to do, uh, but I do it quite often. Is you know, kind of educate some of these younger drivers and and uh, you know what their equipment's capabilities are. They, they've got a you know. Uh, half ton snatch block on a five eighths cable. You know, it's a three quarter ton <laughs> snatch. They don't know, you know, that snatch block's got a certain design and purpose for it. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can alter the change of your, you know, the direction of your pull, or you could, you know, uh, take some of the load off that uh, off what you're pulling. But knowing the capabilities of it, not using J hooks, and I just recently had a uh, recovery operator. We were getting a uh, SUV and went over a guardrail. Guardrail's still standing. It's down the hillside. Mm. And uh, I'm right there with them side by side working when we had two lanes closed, going up a steep hill. Probably had a couple mile traffic back up. No big deal. But So he had to recover this vehicle and get it back over this guardrail that's still standing. You know, yeah, we could have took the guardrail apart. We could have done all this, but it was just me, him, and state trooper and a couple of local police officers. We get it pulled up to the guardrail and I'm showing him how to, I'm kind of helping him, not really showing him because he's, he's done these kind of things before. Get it up to the guardrail, lift it to a point where we can get it up to the guardrail operating on a flatbed. And uh, I'm kind of helping him, you know, be in his eyes at the end of the bed. He made that one last pull and I said, hey, you know, hold right there. But he, he wanted to make that one last pull where well, he snapped his cable. And then he's like, oh, I'm done. I don't know what to do now. And, you know, we're screwed up. I got this whole interstate, you know, messed up. I said, no, we're just going to, you know, and I just worked with him and took about 15 more minutes and showed him how to get that vehicle up over the bed, just using chains in his bed. Yeah. It's something he's never done before. Luckily I've I've been through that. So I was able to show him how to do it and he he couldn't believe it, you know, and neither could the other operators and the, and the trooper there. Cause I told him, I said, just give us a few, it's going to take a little longer, but we'll get it out and, Sure enough, we got it out successfully, but just working with them. And I don't always have that opportunity or, or some other people. Like I said, I'm fortunate to have that background uh, that I've been able to help them in certain situations like that. But that's not the time or place to be doing that kind of stuff is out there on the road, on in the job, showing yeah. somebody, hey, where are your gloves? You know, why aren't you wearing, why are you wearing tennis shoes out here? Uh, things <laughs> Lord, like that. You know, know, right. You know, it's, it, like I said, take pride in ownership in your job. Realize that you work in a specialized industry and, and take it seriously as you can. And it's going to set you apart from those other uh, folks. Oh, well, you know, I mean, it, it, what's, the most part is have your set of gloves. You, you know, when you got to touch that winch line, let me tell you, nothing's more annoying than having pieces of frail of, of that metal in your skin and you're trying to get it out because it just irritates you all day. You know, wear your gloves, it, you know, it gives you better strength. And if you got to, you know, shift that cable, it's just better to do that. And also, when you're wearing your gloves, you're keeping the customer's car clean. Because when you get in the customer's car, what do you do? You take your gloves off. It creates a better experience for your customer, more opportunity to get a tip. And just it's just a better, better experience overall, it really is. Um, keeping your truck clean, you know. Make sure yep. your equipment's run function properly. Do not operate a truck. If there's something that's not safe, I don't care which company you're working with or who's telling you to operate it anyways, don't do it. Do not operate an unsafe truck. If something's wrong with it, get it fixed. If they can't get it fixed right then, don't operate it. You know, as simple as that. You know, don't right. put yourself at risk and don't put others at risk. 
I was fortunate. Like I said, I had some great uh, training early on. I came up uh, into, the, like I said, I started early 90s in the record industry here. And being right here in Nashville, Middle Tennessee, this is the birthplace of, of towing recovery as we know it. You know, they, uh, it, you have to, I guess it was easier to take a little pride here, but I've got I got some really good background and training from, from years ago of, of guys that aren't in the industry anymore that were some pioneers and uh i took every advantage of every bit of that knowledge and 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 kept it and used it for you know what i'm still doing today you know just having that background so vital to to what i'm doing now and and, uh the respect from from others because of that knowing you can go out and size up a scene and, and talk to the record company before they're even called sometimes and giving them a, a good assessment of what they're looking at, what they're going to need or not need and, and things like that. It's, it's huge, but we don't have that uh, capability a lot of times. And I've just been fortunate to be able to do that, but uh, we need to stress that more, not only and I'm saying that to the record services, but I'm also saying to the other responder agencies need to get on the ball too and cross train with, with these companies and learn what mm-hmm. the capabilities are of the records, what they need, what they're going to, I can go to a scene and I can tell you whether they're going to attempt to airbag it, whether they're going to offload it. Usually within a less than 10 or 15 minutes, I can give you an assessment of how they're going to try to go about recovering it. And majority of the time I'm, I'm correcting my assumptions and sometimes I'm not, sometimes they'll amaze me and sometimes they let you down and it's just, you know, um, but it's it's their discretion on how they want to go about things. I'm just giving a general ballpark on my, what my estimation is of, of how they're going to go about it. I'm trying to do it in my own head, planning, you know, before they, they arrive and, and sending them pictures early and things like that. I mean, now with the technology we have, we're able to send pictures and video to them before they're even mm-hmm. at the scene. That's yep. something that's, that's huge. It helps a lot. It really does. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You can, you can communicate with the dispatch and let them know, hey, you know, you're going to need this, you're going to need that. And that well, way, it's well, safe time. Control. Yeah, knowing the traffic control that I'm going to have to set up to help them recover this and things like that. I know that if I close all lanes, this will be closed for an hour and a half, two hours, and we'll be out of here. But if I try to run this with one lane moving – you know, that's going to stretch this incident out to four or five hours or more. And and we're working in close quarters. Whereas mm-hmm. if I can, you know, if it's a, if it's a portion row, I just had one about a week ago, had a, uh, lost a coil steel uh, in the middle of the interstate, two hours from the time I arrived on scene to the time we were rolling away was two hours, which is amazing. But considering, you know, those are decisions that had to be made so quick and early on, knowing what resources I, I knew were going to be coming and how I thought they would handle it, I had to choose a path to make the decision to go ahead and shut this down. And that, that took, you know, four or five of my trucks, my units to do that. But it only that was only for two hours. Now, if we were trying to do it an alternate way, we had two, we were at a junction where two interstates were coming together and trying to run one lane traffic through it, it made it, it would make it unsafe for everybody. And it would have lengthened that scene, that incident, at least three more hours, at least. Yeah, that's, that's important, man. It, it, it really is important that, you know, you, you try to guide it. The whole, the whole idea is to get that lane clear, to get the accident scene cleared out as soon as possible, to prevent any other accidents occurring, you know? Is it does happen, you know, when you have one accident seen, you can very easily get a second accident happen. It doesn't take yeah. much. And those are often worse than the first accident. Think oh, about they are. This. Yeah, the, the, the fact that the 38 responders killed this year so far and uh, the 44 killed last year are all killed in secondary crashes. You know, every one of them were doing something else whenever they were struck. So, you know, that's the, the crashes that were being hit and injured, hit and killed in. Right. Um, Todd, do you have the, uh, I don't know if you have the national list or just a PA list, but do you have the national list of how many operators and first responders has been killed this year on the highway? Yeah, yep. There's, there are 38 killed this year, uh, 15 police officers. Uh, we counted as on the national list, we count 16 towers, one mobile mechanic. So you could probably count that mobile mechanic as a tower. 
you know, because he's a roadside worker, three safety service patrols, which are also tow operators for the most part, or right. they're service people on the side of the roadway, yeah. and three fi- fire and EMS workers as well. So, you know, they are, tra- you know, that's one, that's one a week. Uh, so, uh, you know, we need to make sure that we keep uh, getting the message out of, about that. Uh, because you know we have to change that we have to do much 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 better you know and, and we're doing our part we have to we have to get that message out to the public and make sure that they're doing their part and, and that's you know in, enforcement's one thing public education is entirely different and we need to get that public education component out there uh to uh and that's sharing the message on the struck by that's sharing everything out there uh Yes. To everybody. And responder education. Respond, you know, educate your yeah. fellow responders, like I said, to, to what you, you know, your capabilities and what you bring to the table. And just having those, uh, you know, go to your local fire department. When's the last time you invite them over for a cup of coffee or sit down at their place for a little bit to stop by and say, hey, you know, just want to talk shop for a little bit if they can. If they, you know, approach them in that way, it, it's better doing Not it that way on the side of the road. Yeah. It's not a bad idea because oh, I have uh, Station 26 over here by where I live, and uh, we've known them for God knows how many years. I've been in this area in Fort Worth, me myself personally, since, what, 2010? 2009, 2010? And, you know... Our family over here in Fort Worth, you know, they've been over here close to this fire department since 93. So, you know, they're a big part of our community here, you know, the fire fire department. And I do appreciate all of the fire department staff. You know, they put themselves right at all risk, you know. It doesn't matter what the situation is. You're going to, if it's fire, if it's car incidents, whatever the case may be, y'all don't even hesitate. Y'all just go at it and get it done, you know, and. No, I I do appreciate y'all out there doing what y'all do because y'all battle so many incidents that a lot of people really don't grasp. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, the tone of recovery. I don't know how many times you know National Fire Department. We've got a great relationship uh, uh, for years. I, I know the company I worked for for years. The owner of the, owner of the company was just known for his skills, his skill set was so strong that, you know, the, the national fire department would call him exclusively almost for, for those certain situations. And they would call early and often to him for poor lifting capabilities and things like that. But that a lot of times, you, you know, they may not be aware of some of that stuff. You know, let them know if you ever, you know, maybe run into the situation every now and then, but just know I'm here. If you need me, you know, let them know what you've got and what you're able to do. And, and uh, that your knowledge base is, is such that, you know, they feel comfortable, then that's what they're going to do. Um, I also want to give a big shout out, you know, to all of our first responders, including tow operators, everybody that's out there, you know, sacrificing time with their family and working the craziest hours and them with, you know, a lot of hardship. And I want to definitely give a big shout out to all local law enforcement throughout the United States uh, battling what they've been battling. I just, you know, want to let you know, you know, we still got your six and we always will continue to. Uh, For the tow operators and roadside assistance workers, um, you know, be safe out there, you know, keep your head on a swivel. You know, just be cautious out there. Be aware of your surroundings, you know, as well as, you know, the fire department, everybody that's on the scene of the highway. I got just be cautious, be where you're surrounded as much as possible. You never know uh, what could happen from one day to the next. Um, for our fallen uh, families that might be listening, or you know, you might know a family that you know recently lost a you know a tow operator, roadside assistance worker. Um, if if you need help. You know, reach out to us directly. Uh, we'll be able to help guide you. Don't forget uh, the Wall of the Fallen. Um, for the Wall of the Fallen, for your relative uh, to be on there, make sure you fill out the application. Take your time filling it out. If, if you need help getting the application for the Wall of the Fallen or the Survivor Fund, 
you can always reach out to me. My name is Lynn Teeter. Uh, I would try to help guide you as much as possible to get this done in a proper manner. Uh, just always know, you know, while the Fallen International Toy Museum, they always had Herb Six. Uh, so, you know, if you need help uh, getting your relative on there, you know, we will guide you as best as possible. Um, it just, it's really hard times, and we know that the families are suffering, you know. Yeah, we've lost our operators, but also remember, too, the families go through a struggle. If you know a, fam- a relative of, a, you know, a brother or sister that has, you know, lost their life as a first responder, you know, try to help support the family, too, because they're still suffering. It, it, it doesn't go over what, you know, go away overnight. It doesn't go away over a year. It takes some time. And, you know, and give them a little bit of gratitude and love and respect goes a long ways to help them. And it just, it's catastrophic, you know, what's going on in our country today and throughout many years of how many first responders have lost their life due to negligence on the highway. Uh, Todd, John, I appreciate, you know, the knowledge I'll share. Um, Absolutely. It, it, it train, just, train, train. Yeah, it, it's training. It, you're absolutely right. As much training as possible. You know, one thing I, because I, I've been a tow operator, I've been a dispatcher, and, you know, even when I was dispatching, I always tell my tow operators, I always call them, I'll ch- you know, I'll send them a text or something like, hey, just want to make sure you're okay out there, you know, checking on them. For those dispatchers out there, make sure you always try to, you reach out to your tow operator, roadside worker. Make sure that you know they're okay. They may not be on a call for a while. You, they may have some sit time, but just a simple text and or you know give them a shout like just make sure they're okay is great. At the end of a call, when you know they're safely not moving, because we all have GPS tracking now on a lot of our units. You know when you know that they're at a standstill and you know not moving and operating, contact them. Make sure that they're safe. Pay attention to where your staff is at all times. If you think they've been at a scene too long, touch bases with them immediately. Not to ask what's taking so long, but asking them, are you okay? Is everybody all right? If they say yes, great. But daily touch communication is very vital. Uh uh, anything y'all would like to add? You know, you being a firefighter, for you know, we have a lot of first responders that listens to us, and um, that's on our tow truck operators page, mm-hmm. uh, not the group, but on the page. And um, anything you want to add to for the fire first responders to the fire department, you're more than welcome to add to the show. Hey, uh, John Lynn, I I need to jump off and go uh, handle a crisis here, but I appreciate okay. it. Uh, appreciate the time, but uh, and thank you guys very much. Hey, you be safe out there. Watch your sticks. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Uh, Todd, I don't, uh, you know, Lynn, I'm, as far as the fire department, like I said, I just wear many hats. I've been fortunate to be able to uh, cross through the different areas. Uh, It's the same way as the the record service. There's so much alike, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, If you don't believe it, just join in with any of the, uh, you'd be shocked sometimes at the number of firefighters that, that have background in towing and recovery as well, uh, and vice versa. Uh, yeah. The number of towing and recovery people that all know somebody that's a firefighter and things like that. Some of them are very familiar with what the job's about, what it what it what all is entailed in it, and, and others aren't. You know, like I said it's just a matter of getting the word out there and educating each other. It's all a brotherhood uh, and sisterhood, no matter how you look at it. It uh, is. I, I was in the towing industry at the time when the FHWA started the move over laws and things here, I think Tennessee started in 2004, uh, 2003. Mm-hmm. And at first they didn't have tone and recovery included. And I felt like that was a slap in the face, of course, along with a lot of other folks. And, oh, and yeah. we were able to t- turn that around within a year nationwide. The FHWA immediately recognized that, Hey, they're just as vital on these roadway responses as other folks. So we, they had to include them. And ever since then, They've been included nationwide, uh, towing and recovery and, and service vehicles that do a, a major portion of their uh, work 
on the highways are included in the in all the move over laws in, in every state. And you know, and that's what's most important is you know have the top operators in, in roadside assistance and mechanic workers involved. Our narrative, I mean, because at the end of the day, you know, that really, you know, I've always been concerned of roadside assistance guys, you know, because they're in regular sized vehicles and they got smaller beacons and everything, and people really don't even pay attention to them at all. Yeah. They really well, don't. I mean, and they barely pay attention to no operators. <laughs> well, like I said earlier, it, no matter what vest you're wearing and what lights you have on and, and, temporary traffic control devices you have out, things like that. Uh, we're feeling like a lot more of the drivers aren't really looking out the windshield anymore. It's kind of way we try to consider them. Uh, again, doing traffic control, you, you learn right away that we, we're our number one goal in, in traffic control is to give the, the benefit of the doubt to the motorist, to give the motorist the most benefit by, by how we're setting up traffic control. Um, in towing or recovery, if you don't have that back, you know, you may, you may want to make a investment in some advanced warning signs and, and have a, somebody that comes out and watches your, your operators back. If there's a, a place where maybe a, a law enforcement aren't able to come out or, or to assist you and things like that, be smart about how you're setting up for advanced warning and things like that. That's one of the most crucial things, uh, you know, go, go to some of these free online, uh, websites like respondersafety.com. Go to that. That's open for towing and recovery as well. Yeah, it's it's geared toward fire and, and law enforcement things like that. But there's no reason at all that towing and recovery operators can't go on that uh, free online training and and learn a lot of valuable tips. There's several modules on there. It's going to make you aware of what they do. It's going to make you more aware of what you're doing, and and share that knowledge with others. That hey, I've I've been on here and I I see the same things you're looking at, and I understand where you're coming from on this and. Yeah, the goal is to open the road up as quickly as possible and things like that. But sometimes quick, quick clearance just—it's not going to work if it can't be safe. Quick clearance—that's the, yeah, the safety first. There is safe. So safety before yeah. anything. Yeah, it, it's what I look at is safety before all. Yes, you want to always clear things out. Yes, you like uh, operators. We're always on the rush. We're constantly connect. We got two calls stacked on us. One hurry. Well, they're get always done. rushing you. The the tone recovery feels a squeeze more than anybody. They do. I know because I've done it on, on both sides of the fence. So I've been the guy there, you know, kind of patiently waiting on them to do their job. But I'm also the guy there that understands what they're doing and why why it's taking them so long. Yeah. Uh, I'm more forgiving, obviously, when I know that it's taking so long for this reason and not this little trivial reason, such as this operator may not, this may be his first recovery or or maybe he didn't bring the right equipment or, or he's just not familiar with the scenario, things like that. It's, yeah. you feel a little less forgiven, but if they, if they're not understanding of what you're doing and what your capabilities are and what, and how you're restricted in what you're doing, if you need that other lane it, to, to bring it out a different way or, or things like that, it, that communication is so vital. And again, that's, that's part of building that partnership with your other responders and, and working with them closely training and talking over things like if you had a incident you know and maybe the fire department was rushing you uh or the police were saying hey you know what's taking so long and things like that if you're not able to to give them a good uh explanation valid explanation and uh, you know or they're not understanding where you're coming from it, it, it it's it, you know it gets lost in translation so it's hard to it's a delicate balance to try to uh, get them to understand where you, where you're coming from and where they're coming from, and, and understanding both of it. But again, it's just being part of the team, and you know sometimes we have to make decisions like that. Uh, as like I said, I've been on both sides of the fence. I totally understand it, and like I said, it's it's way easier to understand it when you when you know where they're coming from and why they're needing to do what they need to do. Because sometimes it's hard to explain as a record operator why you're needing additional space or room to do things. Oh, yeah. It's all visual in your mind, you know. Right. Um, I do want to uh, invite you and let you know, I would like to, since you're a tow operator as well and everything, I do want to invite you to Tow Truck Operators USA group and everything. We only yes. allow tow truck operators. Then, you know, with you being a tow operator, definitely, even if you, you know, I think it'd be a great thing for you to be on board with us, you know, because mm-hmm. 
it's a strong brotherhood. Like you said, it's a brotherhood out here, you know, for our brothers and sisters out there to have a strong connection, not to, you know, worry about, you know, people that's, you know, not to operator to give them hardship or anything, you know, people that be around people that knows what you go through and has a better understanding. Mm -hmm. it, it helps dramatically, you know? Yeah. You got to be able to bridge that gap. Oh yeah, you definitely do. Well, John, I certainly do appreciate you being a part of yes, this sir. live broadcast and everything. And, you know, I, you know, I really, really, really do pray that, you know, a lot of our two operators has learned something from today's episode. And I hope that the general public has learned something from today. You know, all we ask is just give us a lane, give us space for our tow operators, fire department, and PD that's on the side of the highway. Make sure that we have a safe lane so we can get home to our families. You know, we, we want to be able to hug and kiss our children and hug and kiss our wives, our husbands, you know, go out there and be with our families when we get home and see them and be a part of their lives. You know, we don't want to, our lives cut short by negligence. So, you know, for those of you out here listening to this broadcast, please be careful out there when you see us on the side of the highway. You know, be mindful. Yeah, absolutely. It's no ditch too deep, no hill too steep. It's my life I want to keep. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go, right there. There you right. go. Well, y'all take care of everything. Everyone, so please much. be safe out there, and thank you. And uh, get, I'll be reaching out to you here shortly after the show. But everyone, please be safe out there. Watch your six. Take care of one another. Make sure, as I tell everybody, all first responders, when you're home at night, please make sure to hug and kiss your children and hug and kiss your spouse. And in the morning when you leave, hug and kiss them because you never know if that's your day. And we pray to God it's not. But just to know, you don't take it granted, whatever right. you do. Stay safe, uh, everybody. Thank you, Liam. Hey, thank you, buddy. Be safe out there. I'm going to end this with the prayer. All right. Lord, I pray for our first responders. I pray for our tow operators and our EMS and PD and fire rescue. Everybody that's able to get home to their families. And Lord, I pray that the safety of the highway we lose no more. I pray for the families that suffered throughout 2020 as lost their relatives due to the highway. But I pray for the safety of everyone to be able to make it home tonight and make it home for the rest of the year. In the Lord's name, amen. Thank you for everybody that supports us in what we're doing, supporting our podcasts and our live streams. And thank you for supporting our brotherhood of the towing industry. We do support our first responders and we thank you, every one of you out there trying to make a difference in this world when we're dealing with the most devastating times in our lives. Just try to keep your head up. Stay strong together. We are a family out here. We have to support one another. No matter what, we got to have each other six. wasn't for all of you that support us like y'all do none of this would be happening we wouldn't have what we have now wasn't for everyone's support please be safe out there count your blessings and spend as much time you can with your family because unfortunately we don't know what day is our day? It's not a matter if we ever get struck and killed. It's when, when we're on the highways. So treasure the time you have with your family. And treasure the time you have with your friends and your co-workers. Because we all could be gone tomorrow. Be safe. Watch your six.